What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. instead of something special to offer. As we all know, Mid-Missouri is a great place to live, and Columbia has some fantastic local entrepreneurs. So enjoy this opportunity to learn more about some of these companies. Now, here's Mark Mills and KFRU's Columbia Business One-on-One on News Talk 98.9 FM and 1400 AM. KFRU. And a very pleasant Saturday morning to you. Welcome into uh, 2023, our first show of the new year. Appreciate your tuning in here this morning on Columbia Business One on One. It's ninety nine point ninety eight point nine FM, fourteen hundred AM KFRU, and we get underway in the new year with a conversation with Mike Murphy, the uh, owner uh, and uh, writer and uh, editor of ComoBuzz.com. Good to see you. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. And uh, things going well with ComoBuzz? Yeah, sure are. Quieted down a little over the holidays, which was welcome, but. Uh, picking right back up. There's uh, no shortage of stuff to be doing out there, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, lots of things uh, to certainly talk about. Mike, also, of course, uh, and if you don't know this, we'd certainly invite you to tune in on Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock, which is the Sunday morning roundtable. Mike uh, is a, a contributor and has been uh, significantly, well, basically about every week uh, over the past uh, uh, several months, and uh, we'll continue to do that, we hope. And uh, so one of the news stories, and it's a business news story, but it's also just a a, a personal interest thing here, is uh, the passing of David Shore, who was uh, also one of the longtime co-hosts of that program, 20 years. Uh, he and Al Germond and, uh, uh, you know, together there uh, along with uh, along with Bob. And it, it it's, um, well, something that happened relatively short term david was not feeling well uh, was uh, in the hospital for some times and then um you know things i guess went worse and uh, yeah, with his well, health and it was uh, i think they had a difficult time exactly diagnosing what happened i don't think uh, many of us still really know you, you know he, he got sick and went in and then he's in 3 or 4 or 5 days and you start to worry and he's in a week, and you really start to worry. And then two weeks went by, and then you start to think, "Oh, oh, oh, no!" And of course, we were, you know, in touch and visited him, and uh, uh, you know, speaking speaking with his family, and and uh, uh, keep hoping he's going to get out of there. And it just took a turn for the worse. Yeah, Bob was he, uh, Bob Roper was the other person that was part of that program, and I know Bob, uh, uh, another person that was in communication and and had said many of the same things, and. Uh, it, it was just, um, um, a, you know, a, a tough deal, and it's been a tough deal for for us. Holidays come up, um, those programs not on, but um, we will say, too, later this morning uh, will be the celebration of life for David Shore, uh, 10 o'clock. And, um, uh, but it's a, a sort of, a, you know, a family member here of uh, our community at uh, Cumulus and certainly at uh, KFRU, but David was a... I was very interested. I, I knew he had 
done a lot of things and that he was involved with a lot of, uh, certainly from his legal background, but that had to do with um, uh, conservation, that had to do with the environment, that had to do with um, a, a lot of things there, but also from a, a municipal utility point of view, water, sewer, uh, all of those things that um, um, he, he really it was a guy who had a lot of knowledge about all of that. Yeah, it's um, staggering how many people in local government had a personal relationship with David. And you don't really know that until this happened. You, you kind of know it because he's very deeply involved in several things. But over the years, um, the people that he's impacted personally is is really quite astounding. And the comment that I've heard many times is, you know, he's a, he's he's done a lot of uh, good things and difficult things and involved in a lot of things, that, specifically the fire, the uh, Boone Fire and uh, Boone Sewer. And, you know, he didn't make... Uh, he had the uh, ability to, people liked him. It, it's really unique to do what he did with the impact that he has had, and yet almost universally be extremely well-liked. It's interesting that probably by listening to the program, you might have might have been able to pinpoint David's politics. You might have painted him as a total conservative, but the fact is, he knew both sides and was willing to articulate about both sides. Yeah, he was an enviro- environmentalist, and he now called himself a reformed regulator. He, you know, he was the head of the yeah. Missouri DNR. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, David was uh, a lifelong learn, learner for sure. He was a, a avid reader. He was well-read in just uh, many, many, many subjects, and uh, a really interesting guy, and he had an affable manner that really uh, endured himself. To, uh, too many. I think uh, what other people probably don't know, my own experience with him, which began a, a year ago, uh, I met him slightly before uh, launching Como Buzz and told him what I was doing, which was at that time telling anybody what you're doing with Como Buzz is kind of like a long shot. People are like, okay, sounds good to me. <laughs> Talk to you later. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's kind of uh, been involved in that and been a really good uh, I- advisor to me. But what uh, where I was going with that is... Uh, you know, David's talents range to, he could be a, uh, a professional stand-up comic. He, he, he was such a personality. I've seen him go on riffs uh, for a full 15 minutes where he could keep your belly laughing the whole yeah. time. He was, he, he was a, a very, very uh, uh, interesting fella uh, with a lot of depth and a lot of knowledge and, and, and one heck of a personality that endeared himself to a lot of people. And I know on uh, the Sunday Morning Roundtable, uh, many times uh, I would pick up on David talking about an issue, and and is you could sort of feel the the passion coming out. You could sort of feel the you know the the information coming out, and and also sort of feel that I really need. It's really necessary that I make this point. Oh yeah, what I was learning from working with him, and it was a, a work in progress. I was growing into my role, which was how to set him off, because uh, it some some shows you know you couldn't do it, but then every once in a while. I was learning what he might want to talk about. Yeah. And, uh, I, and I looked forward to it because to get him going was really very interesting because he could just go off the cuff for a long time, extremely knowledgeable. Sure. Yeah. And I know, uh, uh added a lot to, uh, to many of the conversations. Well, he had a really deep understanding of the complexities and the nuance of local government, you know, so he served on the Boone County Regional Sewer District for like, I think since 2004, 
He's the driving force, uh, the Boone County Fire District and Missouri Task Force One. They're, you know, that operation struggles for a lot of reasons. Number one, it's complex and difficult to start with. And number two, its tax base is being withered away by as the city of Columbia grows. And um, David has, and yet it's a very prideful, highly functioning operation, uh, uh, an excellent operation. Yes. And, and David behind the scenes is was a real driving force behind that. And, um, uh, they're going to miss him. They're going to miss him greatly. I can tell you around uh, uh, local government how many people. Uh, th- there's been a lot of chuckles about getting pigeonholed by David. You know, uh, David was a, uh, a lobbyist, also uh, a persuasive guy. That was his job, and uh, he had a lot of uh, uh, impact on people personally. You know, um, I always th- sought his thoughts because I respected them, and uh, I knew he never cared much about telling me what I wanted to hear. You know, that's what people often tend to do. But uh, whenever, when you do what I do, especially if you're doing uh, opinion or criticism, you're concerned about the depth of your knowledge, you know, what if you really understand the context of what you're doing for one thing, but also your tone, your reasonableness, your fairness. And he was willing to be very frank with me uh, about his thoughts. And I know how difficult that is for people. And there's only so many people willing to do that. And it, I thought it was really thoughtful for him to, to share that way for no good reason uh, other than his own good intentions. And I appreciated it uh, very much. And I, for one, will be uh, one of many, 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 I think hundreds of people who will miss him. Yeah, yeah. I'll certainly miss him, too. And I know uh, uh, that'll be a spot that uh, uh, will be uh, it'll be filled, but it won't be filled in the same way, yeah. certainly on the Sunday morning roundtable. Uh, and I know the, that will continue on. But um uh, that's um, um, uh, what's well, tough deal and uh, uh, a, a sad thing that happened. Our condolences to his family, uh, and and certainly uh, we want to uh, tell them that they are in our thoughts and uh, and prayers. And as they go through a celebration of life later today, and just um, uh, you know moving forward, it's a tough uh, a, a tough thing. But um, um, we wish them the best and want to make sure that. Uh, uh, they are comforted, we hope, by our conversations about the great things that David did and certainly from, from other folks. We're going to take a time out, come back and talk about some other things here on Columbia Business One-on-One, Saturday morning on News Talk 98.9 FM, 1400 AM, KFRU. We're back after this. We'll be right back with more of KFRU's Columbia Business One-on-One on News Talk 98.9 FM and 1400 AM, KFRU. Every week, Michael Rosenbaum is getting deep with someone new on the Inside of You podcast. Let's get inside of Shelly Hennig. So Obliterated's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I had the best time. That's it was great. challenging, but it was like the show. It doesn't always happen. Everybody's trying to make a show and you're this not. This was a dream. It's no fun. Genuinely. That's and if it beautiful. wasn't, I would just keep my mouth shut and talk about something else. Like, yeah, it like, was, hey, it was fine. Because yes. I've done that. I've asked people and they're like, you know. Yeah. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen. Welcome back to KFRU's Columbia Business One-on-One on News Talk 98.9 FM and 1400 AM. KFRU. It is Columbia Business One-on-One. Saturday morning, Mark Mills in on News Talk 98.9 FM, 1400 AM. KFRU and uh, continuing our conversation with Mike Murphy, the owner and writer and editor of ComoBuzz.com. You can check that out online. Uh, it's a s- subscription service, and there's some great information always on that website 
so you want to be sure. And if you haven't checked it out, you should. So let's talk about some other business items. But I know it's the first of a new year, and so we kind of look back to where we were and what we did in 2022. But we look ahead at the work now to the work that needs to be done in 2023. Uh, Let's start first. Uh, I'm interested in uh, the Columbia Public Schools and their school board race. And uh, you had written a story about uh, Chuck Basie. And of course, uh, Chuck makes a decision on Christmas Eve or Christmas night that he's going to sign up to run for a position on the school board and then uh, seize some information that you had to have had made a reservation previous to that to have a time to be able to to file. That's a, a real short synopsis there, but what about that? Well, so state statute says that he had until 5 p.m. on Tuesday the 27th to file to run for school board, as do state uh, offices uh, across the state. Um, the school happened to be closed on that day for Christmas vacation. And in anticipation of being closed, they put out a note that if you want to file on Tuesday, uh, please let us know by the 22nd before they dismissed for the break and we'd have somebody here. Well, uh, I think we can all we all could remember times if uh, the filing date fell on a Sunday or a Saturday, state offices would have to be open. And there's, I don't think there's going to be any question at all that they needed to somehow accommodate him. But as the story goes, he, you know, he called the superintendent when he saw that note and said, well, you know, I didn't make a... He called him on Friday and said, I didn't make a, an appointment. And the superintendent, uh, Dr. Yearwood, said, well, just come in on Tuesday. Somebody will be there, which sounds typically normal. And I think what should have been the reaction probably. And then on Tuesday morning, according to Chuck, uh, Dr. Yearwood called him back and said, hey, I made a mistake and we're not going to let you, you, you know, we're not going to let you file. So Chuck called the secretary of state and told him what was going on. And after a bunch of conversation, the secretary of state hooked him up with the county clerk, Brianna. Lennon, and he went in and did his paperwork there, and uh, Brianna then in turn delivered that paperwork to the school district. Now on uh, the 9th, whatever day that is, I believe January 9th, the school board meets to certify uh, the election, which means you know, certify the candidates all got their paperwork in properly. So we'll have to wait till then to see what the uh, uh, school district does. There's, you know, there's speculation they're not going to certify him, and Chuck has said if he'll go to court to get certified if he has to. So, And I know that's uh, with a conversation I had with Brianna a couple of weeks ago on this program. Um, that was the process goes through there, goes to them to be certified. Then it comes to comes to her office. Uh, same way with the city. The yeah. city actually takes the candidates yeah. you know, and goes from there. So um, interesting, though, and, and it, it is an interesting point of view, uh, I guess, from my perspective, that it's like, well, a deadline's a deadline and. It seems that the deadline got moved for convenience or well, they, yeah. they, whatever. They, they had no authority to move that. Yeah. So I think it was just them, I guess, depending on how you want to. To me, it's being a little arrogant or a little lazy, however you want to look at it. And I, I don't think it'll, I can't imagine it holding. I, I kind of, I think they're suffering right now with some, uh, I think it's bad optics, uh, what, what they're going through now. But then again, it, it might not be their fault. They might just be letting the process play out. I can't imagine him, him not being on the ballot when this is all all said and done. Uh, but it is kind of dramatic, you know, Chuck being, uh, for listeners who aren't aware, I guess, you know, Chuck would be the uh, antichrist to several members of the Board of Education or the administration at, 
at Columbia Public Schools. So uh, having him on the school board, uh, the thought that somebody behind the scenes might fight to keep him off, regardless of the manner of doing that, it wouldn't come as any particular yeah. shock or surprise. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. I suspect he's uh, up for election, and uh, it's going to be an interesting, he'll make it an interesting race for sure, because I think uh, there'll probably be things that get talked about that uh, otherwise often don't get talked about during a school board election. And, and, and I would encourage folks to go to Como.buzz and, and read the story, because there really are some interesting points uh, in what, he's saying to to you about that 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 underscores exactly what you're saying i think there are not just a few i think in that case there would be a lot of things that would be discussed that might typically not yeah i think that uh you know there's it's at certain at school districts across you know the country the cultural wars have landed to no surprise in our public schools and we're really 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 struggling with them here at at cps and uh, there are a lot of parents aware. There are a tremendous amount of community me- members still unaware mm-hmm. of, of the types of um, issues that we're struggling with out there. And I think during a, a good school board election, there's another fellow named John Potter who's been who's, who's filed to run, who, who's launched a or started a Facebook page a while back during during COVID about you know, and he's been a, a vocal critic and, and been sort of organizing critics also. So there's two of them that are very publicly opposed to many of the current policies and basically the path, the more progressive path that the, the school board is taking, uh, the districts like Columbia are taking and, and, and they represent a more conservative element that have a lot of issues and problems with that. And it, it, it leads to a great discussion that people need to be aware of. And I, I like the way it's finally, it, I like to see it shape up where these things get talked about publicly. And I think that it, it we need to say, and it shouldn't go without saying that, there are there are seven candidates running for three spots. I think that's that says a lot. Yeah. So uh, uh, Chris Horn, an incumbent, he's finishing his first term. He's seeking re-election. David Seaman, the uh, current president, is not seeking re-election, and Helen Wade is not seeking re-election. So Chris, so that opens up all three seats, and and Chris would be an incumbent, but he's running against now uh, seven for sure. Chuck would be an eighth candidate. Right. Yeah. So that makes. Um, um, well, I just I, I really think that underscores the fact that there is a lot of interest. It's there. good to see that much and, interest. Yeah, and that there is going to be some some conversation for sure. Let's move to the county. It's something we talked about on election night and uh, uh, and have talked about since. But um, the fact that going into 2023, everybody sworn in on uh, uh, New Year's Eve and start uh, 2023 in their offices, lots of new faces particularly, obviously, the presiding commissioner with Kip Kendrick, but also a new face in the auditor's office after many, many years. Two things, just the institutional knowledge there, but the fact is we might be looking at some changes in terms of, I don't know how you would describe them, philosophy of how things might run or a structure, a different structure. I think that may be something to look forward to in 2023. Oh, yeah. I, I think in maybe even 2024. Um, so June Pitchford, who's who was the uh, county auditor for 32 years, and, and uh, Dan Atwell's called her, she has to be the finest uh, uh, county auditor in the nation because he can't imagine anybody anywhere doing a better job. And I think there's a lot of consensus about that. I've never heard otherwise from anybody. And, and the county auditor really is 
people would think the presiding commissioner and the commissioners are the most, if you want to like rank them in terms of importance or influence or power, and certainly they are, but the county auditor is the chief uh, financial officer and also the budget officer. They operate by a budget. Her influence, especially after 32 years, is just enormous. So she was an enormous presence in the county building and really a driving force behind what would also sort of generally be regarded as the smooth, rather well-oiled operation of the county building. And certainly from a, right now from a financial standpoint, for various reasons, uh, additional reasons, they're, they're, they're very flush with money. She's been very conservative and, you know, by all accounts, done a great job. In steps a slightly, you know, controversial character, this Kyle Riemann. Uh, I think my observation, a, a really talented guy who, who spent uh, almost a decade as a budget officer in uh, Jeff City, uh, not surprisingly ran into trouble as, as politics change. And he's a change agent and advocate and uh, has very uh, sort of like progressive and uh, ideas how to do things in government professionally, batting heads against some old politicians and stuff. Got crosshaired there and lost his job, but and then ended up being a budget officer for the city of Columbia. And a, sort of a similar thing happened there. After a year or so, he got crosshaired with the city manager. There was an incident. He lost his job there. In turn, he brought a, a, a wrongful discharge lawsuit against them, which is still pending. So to run for election... When, you know, after you've lost your last two jobs and you got a lawsuit against your former employee and to actually get elected, uh, that's quite a feat. Now, truth be told, he probably got swept in with all the other Democrats. All, all five, four of the people running were Democrats. Right. Uh, and he beat a Republican who was the senior accountant in the office, which tells you how powerful that Democrat sweep was, really. But uh, for better or worse, he's in the office now. And I, for one, uh, do not... I'm not alarmed by this, although there's been a lot of you know people try to make alarms about it. I think he knows what he's doing, and I suspect he'll do a great job. But to your point, um, they've been doing some things fairly similarly for you know 32 years. Let's say that would not really be exactly right. true, yeah. but yeah. Uh, and also they're going through a period where they're bringing in a new, a hugely profound new uh, software system to pretty much put the entire operation onto this a modern day. Uh, uh, enterprise platform, which has caused them a lot of trouble, a lot of issues. Uh, it's a difficult thing to execute. It forces you to change the way you're doing things from perhaps from paper to electronic. You know, it puts everything uh, uh, in your in your database, either online, basically on your computer. Well, Kyle's done nothing but work with those for, you know, his 10 years in state government. So he's a, he's got great qualifications to help out with that. I did a piece on him uh, just today. Uh, I, I put online no uh, uh, earlier this week, uh, no Thursday of this week, Friday I think. Uh, I spoke with him this week just to kind of gauge where he was at. People are afraid of you know profound changes, or maybe he's like some kind of gunslinger guy going to come in and want to change the world. And I don't think that's where this is going at all. He's talking about he's using words like a uh, a cocoon for a year while they get their feet on the ground and get the system implemented and get his staff up. And I think he's sounding really, really reasonable. And I, I actually think when people in the county building get to know him, it'll put to rest a lot of fears that they have. And uh, with him and Kip kind of working in partnership there, I, I think the, I think this is a good transition for the county and, and it's actually going to uh, modernize it and, and, and move in the right direction. Yeah. And it may set it up more as a CEO CFO thing rather than a commissioner and an auditor. Yeah, I those think, are the same. Yeah, but. I, I know what you're saying, and and, I, and there's truth to that. I think that these um, 
from government in particular, they they, la- they lag behind business and in- industry and their decision making and their processes, and uh, they they live by who's in the office and they don't document. And I think I think it could all be modernized. And those two guys certainly would be more out on the cutting edge of how to do that. Yeah. And I, I think it's probably. You know, you wouldn't pick for this to go down to lose that kind of experience, but now that it has, I feel pretty good about those two guys in those spots. Yeah, be something to watch uh, moving forward. Finally, let's go to the city and and really looking forward to 2023, something that there hasn't been a lot of conversation about. Uh, well, there's been conversation, but not a lot of activity, and that is utilities, both uh, from electrical and uh, and also uh, water and, and uh, sewer. Well, utilities are a mess, and there's no better way to put it. And uh, next week, there'll be a uh, mid-January is a very large discussion coming to an end about uh, the degree and the nature of an increase in electrical rates. It's going to be a significant double-digit type increase. How it's going to be spread is yet to be seen, um, and it's necessary uh, uh, to, to, to bring electric solvent for one thing, um, they're not making capital improvements to the electrical grid system. I and mean, we could go on and on and on about a lot of problems in, in electricity. Uh, and until they get electric solvent, they can't sell uh, water bonds that they've had approved since 2018 that they need to upgrade the water plant out in McBain that they're waiting to do, which is running at about two-thirds of capacity. So there's a lot of uh, stress in utilities right now about getting them on the right track. And and it's something that now will have to be done. Well, I think so. Uh, I, I saw the latest. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> you could go on this at a million different directions. So if you think about it in 2015, voters approved $60 million to make critical improvements to the electrical grid system. Well, of that $60 million, then only $20 million of those have ever been made. So the rest have not been made. And people wonder why their electricity is flickering and why we have these issues. And these issues are compounding. And uh, so, so furthermore, we got $30 million of bonds that have been authorized to sell to fix the system that have not been sold because we can't go to market to sell them. And there's $10 million of cash that we sold back in 2015 that's just been sitting. We're paying... We're paying the interest on it since 2016. It's no. just it's just kind of ridiculous. So we're not making any progress. We're going backwards. Part of it is we've never been able to decide where to locate this new transmission line that, that that's needed. That kind of centers up the whole thing. Uh, they keep city council keeps kicking the can down the road, and I think it's boiling into. You know, it's been a, a, a good, I can tell you, on the, I think the next city council meeting is the 17th of January, and I see on the agenda uh, Jim Windsor, who's a former a retired uh, assistant director of utilities and, the, and the, the main finance guy for the 30 years that he worked there. He's going in front of council again to just insist that they get off that center because of the danger and the risk that they put this city in with how they're managing yeah. utilities. Something else to look forward to there. Mike Murphy is the owner of Como Buzz, uh, also uh, joins uh, now on a regular basis on this radio station on KFRU on the Sunday morning roundtable. So you can hear him tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock between 8 and 10 here on uh, KFRU. Appreciate your time. It's great to see you. A lot of things to talk about, but uh, sort of just get, get everybody a little thought process of what to look forward to. Well, I think at, at the city level, we got the, the Homeless Services Center. That's that's a big issue that I think is uh, – 
making its way through city council. That's like a $18 million uh, facility about to be built off business loop. It's still fraught with some issues. I think the city council is pretty determined to get it done. I think there's some uh, people who don't want to see it done. Uh, uh, in the next two months, we're going to see that, you know, that's going to be in the news for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be, there's a good argument going to go on with uh, uh, short-term rentals, Airbnbs, um, uh, property rights issue. They want to consider them a commercial business and not allow them in uh, residential neighborhoods where they all are. So uh, that affects a lot of things. A lot of businesses affects tourism. Uh, that'll be a big thing. We got the election coming up in April. That'll be a pretty big thing. Yep. That's kind of like some highlights. Yep. Very good. Appreciate your time. Sure. Thank you. You bet. Columbia Business One-on-One, Saturday morning, Mark Mills on News Talk 98.9 FM, 1400 AM KFRU. Back with more after this. We'll be right back with more of KFRU's Columbia Business One-on-One on News Talk 98.9 FM and 1400 AM KFRU. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome back to KFRU's Columbia Business One-on-One on News Talk 98.9 FM and 1400 AM. KFRU. It is Columbia Business One-on-One this Saturday morning into the new year, 2023. Thanks for tuning in on News Talk 98.9 FM, 1400 AM KFRU, and we continue the program. Going to do something uh, just a little different, but um, uh, wanted to, we're going to do a little inside talk here, I guess. It's something we don't typically do on a uh, any sort of regular basis but um, I did one it's a business story so this is a business show so I uh, just wanted to to bring into the show the vice president market manager of uh, Cumulus Columbia Jefferson City Greg Reno well thank you Mark you bet thanks for being here now Greg uh, you're not new to this building no <laughs> You've been uh, uh, working around here, bouncing around here for, for several years, both here and in Jefferson City. That's correct. You and I have been together for a long time. It long has time. been, a, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been back and forth between uh, Jefferson City and Columbia, and have uh, uh, I grew up in this area, so I have a lot of roots here. Uh, of course, uh, the market manager, so the guy that's uh, in charge of seven radio stations, including KFRU, obviously, uh, in uh, the Columbia Jefferson City market, uh, but uh, th- the difference these days for a couple of guys who have been at this a long, long time is that uh, it's not just the radio business anymore. Mm, it's not. No, I mean digital is a big part of what we do, and and um, and and more so nowadays than ever before. Radio is still very vibrant and strong, but uh, digital is certainly a big piece of that. Yeah, we can certainly still do that brand building and let folks know what's going on on this radio station, but the digital uh, gives uh, advertisers of folks uh, 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 an, an opportunity for folks to get their message out there uh, in a different way, but it all connects. Yeah, it does. It, uh, you know, our listeners uh, use digital all the time, every day. I mean, uh, we're, we're all on computers or laptops or our phones. Uh, we're connected out there. And so, 
what we're able to do now and what we've been able to do for some time now is just help businesses connect with people in a different way other than just radio, uh, whether they're, you know, uh, on their phone or at their desk or using a uh, some type of of tablet of some type, um, we're able to connect with them and get their messages in front of them. Yeah, in many, many different ways, both with uh, um, video, but also audio and with uh, certainly display, just uh, graphic uh, kinds of approaches that that folks can use to uh, deliver their business messages all collectively to to bring new faces into their businesses, right? Exactly. That's exactly right. So it's interesting that uh, Cumulus is a publicly traded national corporation, mm-hmm. 500 radio stations. But these radio stations that Cumulus owns in, own in central Missouri, um, well, KFRU, for instance, we're just a couple of years away from 100 years. Yeah, that's a big number, isn't it? It is. It's hard to believe. I remember, you and I both remember when we were celebrating, I think it was our 75th? It was either 75th or 80th, but yeah, that's right. Well, and then not just recently, the yeah. uh, Boone County Historical right, right. Society, uh, we were um, put into the Hall of Fame right. a few years ago. So, yeah. uh, And in the same year, named Radio Station of the Year by uh, the Missouri Broadcasters Association, Correct. which was the first of those. Yeah. yeah. So uh, another thing here. So there's, there's, a, there's a lot of heritage to Boone County, a lot of connection to Boone County, and, and all the folks that work here are... They live here. Yeah, right? you know, that's the one thing I like to, you know, it's like um, who isn't um, somehow connected, a business isn't connected to some kind of national brand. I mean, look at all the, I use McDonald's as an example, but you have local operators here, and these are people that live in the community that own these franchises. I'm using that as an example. And uh, there are many other examples of that. And um, uh, they're local people, and uh, they're helping the local community each and every day. And our stations, though, we're uh, uh, part of a larger company. We're still very local. The people here are local. We all live here. Yeah. And uh, KFRU is still a Columbia station, has always been, will always be. Um, and all the other six stations that we have serve both Columbia and other markets like Jefferson City. And, you know, so we have stations, as you know, that, that uh, you know, serve other communities outside of Columbia and Jefferson City as well. Sure. And, of course, uh, coverage with a couple of them yeah. literally from just outside St. Louis and just outside Kansas City. Yeah. I mean, and all the way to the lake and all the way yeah. up to Macon and yeah. Yeah, yeah. big big footprints and Definitely. then uh, some others uh, uh that aren't and and all locally focused and uh, uh we certainly have our interests in in Columbia and Boone County and Jefferson City and Cole County and uh you know all of yep. uh, Fulton and Callaway County and wherever else we want to go there. <laughs> um uh but there are uh, of course those uh, six other radio stations plus this one that um, uh, you are now as the market manager. Um, uh, well, you, you wear a lot of hats in the point in the course of a day. I wear a lot of hats, but you know it's uh, um, it, it's fun. Business is fun. You and I both have been doing this, as I said, a long time, and uh, we wouldn't be doing something if we didn't enjoy it. And I know you well enough that you're you're very passionate about what you, passionate about what you do, and you you love you love being here. And uh, I, I love the business. I love uh, the things that uh, have uh, have changed about the business, and you know, and, and the addition of digital is exciting. Uh, in in addition to the radio, but it's also the people that really make things happen and uh, around here. And we've got a great staff of people. And um, you know, Brian's sitting across from the table here where we are from the 
and you know running the board right now and and uh, we couldn't do a lot of things around here without Brian's help. So it's it's everybody just kind of pitching in. I just happen to have a title. Um, wear a lot of different hats. Uh, we'll take out the trash when needed. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you just do what you got to do. But we're uh, we got a good group of people, and we're very com- community focused. And yeah. Uh, yeah, enjoy what we do. Well, I just wanted to sort of, uh, like I said, sort of do a little inside baseball or inside radio here. But uh, congratulations, thank you, uh, Greg. Uh, recently named the uh, vice president market manager for the Cumulus Stations in uh, Columbia and Jefferson City. Those There's seven of those, yep. uh, including uh, News Talk 98.9 FM, 1400 AM, KFRU. So thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You bet. Greg Reno is the Vice President Market Manager of Cumulus Media in uh, Columbia, Jefferson City. We're going to finish things up and uh, get on our way here after this time out. It's Columbia Business One-on-One on this Saturday morning. News Talk 98.9 FM, 1400 AM, KFRU. We'll be right back with more of KFRU's Columbia Business One-on-One on on News Talk 98.9 FM and 1400 AM, KFRU. Welcome back to KFRU's Columbia Business One-on-One on on News Talk 98.9 FM and 1400 AM, KFRU. And we're back in our final segment of the show this morning. I'd like to say thank you to Mike Murphy from Como Buzz, uh, the editor-owner uh, of that um, um, uh, publication online. Uh, it's an online website that has lots of great information about the city of Columbia uh, and, of course, Boone County uh, from a governmental point of view, some politics in there as well, uh, the Columbia Public Schools uh, in there and the other school districts in the area, but also uh, some additional information about, um, oh, food and drink and uh, uh, other business activities as well. So uh, check out ComoBuzz.com. Thanks to Mike. Uh, looking ahead uh, uh, to, of course, um, what might be coming up uh, in uh, the coming months with uh, the Columbia Public Schools election. We also talked about the County of Boone and the new faces that are in there uh, in uh, important um, uh, positions. And, of course, uh, certainly the City of Columbia with what they might have coming up. And I uh, want to say thank you also to Greg Reno, the new Vice President Market Manager for Cumulus Media Holdings here in Columbia and Jefferson City, and uh, talking about uh, this radio station, the Heritage Radio Station in the Market, and uh, the six other Cumulus Radio stations in Columbia and Jefferson City. And our best and our thoughts to the family of David Shore. David, a co-host of the Sunday Morning Roundtable on Sunday mornings, 8 to 10 here on KFRU, who passed away uh, a, a week or so ago. And uh, the celebration of his life will go on later this morning at 10 o'clock. And again, our thoughts to and our condolences to David's family, his extended family, and uh, the members of the organizations that he was directly connected to. Uh, we uh, we will miss David Shore on that program and uh, everywhere. Thanks for listening. It's News Talk 98.9 FM, 1400 AM, KFRU. You've been listening to KFRU's Columbia Business One-on-One. Hey, if you'd like your business to be featured, just call 573-303-3269, Monday through Friday. Or send an email to mark.mills at cumulus.com. We'll be back next Saturday with another local business to spotlight on KFRU's Columbia Business One-on-One. On On News Talk 98.9 FM and 1400 AM, KFRU. 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Let's get into season four, episode three, Facade. People get picked on. I got picked on. But Scabby Abby, Scabby at the whole school. It yeah, just hurt me. I felt like it wasn't real. If I may, I want to defend the storytellers. The people who created this show wanted you to feel like these people were the worst people ever. They pretty much said the whole school of Smallville High are bad people. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.